tragedies afflict our human existence quite like the death of a child. Mothers and fathers feel a profound pain when their children die before them. Does the Bible have any answers? Is there any hope or help from the scriptures? Well, this is Considerate, where we're considering questions about life, theology, and the church. This is a ministry of Redemption Bible Church here in Braunfels, Texas. Do you have questions that regard live theology in the church? If so, text the word redemption and your question to 474747 and we'll consider those questions. To learn more about our church and everything we're doing here, visit us at redemption.bible. I'm Aaron Orozco. And I'm Blair Cushman. Let's consider it. Hey guys, thanks for joining us on Considerate. As always, let's start right up top with the question. Uh, The user submitted, What happens to children that die prematurely? The Psalms speak about being conceived in sin while Jesus says that the kingdom of God belongs to them. Is there such thing as the age of accountability? Please expand upon unborn babies as well. Thank you. Um, so it's pretty loaded question as usual, and, yeah. and today we actually get the privilege of having uh, another guest on. Woo, um, we love guests. Yeah, we do love guests, and and today we have Aaron Cushman, which uh, actually is uh, Blair. Blair's She's my wife. bride. So today it's two Aaron's and. A Blair. Two errands and a Blair. That, right. That's like a traveling road show or a restaurant or something. Yeah, like yeah, that. yeah. But, uh, yep, we do have, my wife is here. Um, thankful to have her on uh, the podcast today with us as yeah. we uh, take this question. It's mm-hmm. uh, This is this is one that... Uh, uh, um, it's a tender it's, subject. It's a tender subject, no doubt. For sure. And, uh, and yet it's way more common than mm-hmm. we realize. Right. You know, the statistics uh, say that one in four pregnancies end in miscarriage. Yeah. And so... As you just like do the math on that, the majority of your friends have probably walked through this, right. or uh, right. the people in your church mm-hmm. have uh, have experienced uh, something, whether just a miscarriage, not to say like stillbirth or early infant loss, or right. um, or even the the death of a an older child or an mm-hmm. adult child or something. And yeah. so um, this um, uh, is a. a uh, this is a, a, a topic that has actually hit home for Aaron and I. Um, our first daughter, uh, Gwendolyn, uh, passed away 36 hours after she was born. And so we have some personal uh, investment into this question. Right. We did not, by the way, we did not submit it. Somebody else did. Um, but uh, but I'm glad they did. And so that's why we have Aaron on. And so yeah. thanks, babe, for joining us <laughs> on, uh, on, the, on the podcast today. Yep. But uh, um, so why don't we, let, let me just hand it off, Aaron. Um, yeah. uh, we're going to answer the question, but uh, uh Sweetheart, why don't you just uh, give give kind of a bit of our story so the yeah. listeners uh, can know. Maybe there's some that are unfamiliar. And sure. so why don't you just walk them through that? Yeah. Well, I'm honored to be here today. Thank you guys for having me. Um, it is a story that matters a lot um, to my heart. And it's a question that, um, that I have really um, uh, gone uh, to the mat with the Lord. Um, so uh, in 2010, we were pregnant for the first time, and it was a great pregnancy, uh, very healthy, no abnormalities, um, nothing alarming. And it was during labor uh, with our firstborn. We didn't know at that time what gender um, our baby was. And so it was uh, October um, 17 uh, into 18, and I was in labor with her, and um, we lost the baby's heartbeat. And so I was at a um, 
a birthing center in San Antonio, and then I was rushed to a hospital for an emergency cesarean. And I was told that um, when I wake up, I need to be prepared that the baby might not be alive. And I remember as they wheeled me away into the OR thinking, how can you prepare for that? How yeah. how can you be ready for not having an alive baby after nine months and, and dreams and preparing and planning and hoping? Um, and so, uh, by God's mercy toward me, I woke up and um, our baby was alive. That was my first question to Blair, I think. I was a little drugged up at that time, but. Yeah, I think that was your first question. Those yeah. little memories are fuzzy there, but I think yeah. this is one of the first ones anyways. Yeah, so I asked if our baby is alive and he said, yes, we have a girl, but she has heart damage and liver damage. Mm. And so she's in the NICU, uh, which was a floor above us. And I was, um, I had had a, an emergency cesarean, which is, different um, than a normal one, and um, and I was diagnosed with preeclampsia, so I wasn't able to go see our baby. Um, and then when I was, it was after her heartbeat had crashed. And so um, the first time we had seen her was in a picture, and then they rushed us up there because her heart, had, uh, heart rate had plummeted. And so they um, let us see her, and she was beautiful and had fuzzy hair and was 10 pounds, one ounce. Um, which is very large. Yeah. <laughs> For those so, of you who don't know, a 10-pound baby, that's, that's yeah. pretty big. <laughs> that's yeah. pretty big. Um, and so um, we got to see her, and they had uh, resuscitated her, and so then they took me back down. And, and so for the next um, really 24 hours, it kind of was um, touch and go like that, where um, her body was failing, and then they would rush us up and let us see her, and then... Um, and then at some point we had a neurologist come in and evaluate and just say, your daughter's brain dead, it's hurting her body to keep resuscitating her. And so um, so we chose to um, give a do not resuscitate order and she passed uh, 36 hours after she was born. Um, and that profoundly changed us. Yeah. And um, I am a different person because of uh, our daughter Gwendolyn who we named Gwendolyn Hope, uh, Gwendolyn means blessed, and we felt just blessed that we could have even just some time with her, mm. and um, knowing that not everybody gets that. Um, and so we just were thankful for the 36 hours we had, um, but we left empty. We came home to an empty nursery. We had an empty car seat in our car. Um, we came home to friends who had also had babies that year. Yeah. Um, and so there was just a lot of um, questions that we had in knowing that the Lord is still who He says He is. He is right. still good, but He just allowed something in my life that was terrible and not good. And so, how do I reconcile what the Bible says about the character of God to what I had just experienced? Right. And and so, at this point, for both of you guys, um, was this this after Moody for you, Blair? Oh yeah, yeah. This is after Moody. This we were uh, living at Camp Eagle. Right. At that point, we were a couple years there and had started the summer camp and okay. and we're, we're living out and there. And so you guys are not, uh, you guys are pretty strong believers at this time. You are mm-hmm. rooted in Christ. You know who he is. You know his promises for you. Yeah. And then this obviously, this awful tragedy happens. Yeah. And, and like you're saying, it's yeah. at this point, it's hard to, to maybe understand who God is and how he could let something like this happen. Mm-hmm. So can you guys just talk talk us through like what came out of this? I know you yeah. guys out of this a ministry was born a nonprofit. Yeah. Why don't you tell us a little bit about it and sure. how 
how that came how yeah. that came to be yeah. well it became really clear to us that what you need the most uh, when you are hurting and broken is truth and that platitudes mm. are not comforting and and you hear a lot of them grievers yeah. In, yeah. for whatever grief they're suffering they hear a lot of things that are well-meaning and well-intentioned but um, fall short and uh, only the truth is comforting right. and so um, that's what we really discovered um, is we have to know where is Gwendolyn. I buried mm-hmm. her body, but is her soul somewhere? And yeah. um, and how am I supposed to continue on? And what hope do I have, not just um, for this life, but for the life to come? And um, and so we, we discovered we deeply need truth, and we just yeah. praise God that God gave us um, some certainty about the things uh, that we'll discuss in a little bit, but um, but that he also gave us community, and that those two pieces were just vital to us healing. And so that we uh, we had an awesome Christian community at the camp that we lived, and our church was incredible. Our friends and family were wonderful, um, and so that those two pieces of biblical truth and biblical community that bears your burdens with you, um, those are integral if you want to have like true hope and healing. And so, um, so as I, just as a grieving mom, kind of got into um, blogging, actually the blogging sphere, um, I just realized that uh, uh, I was tired actually of answering how am I doing 500 times. And so right, if I just right. answer it once <laughs> on a blog, then everybody can tell. And I, and I so appreciated that, um, yeah. that I could do that. And so because of that, um, I also got connected with other people who blogged, and so I found a lot of different um, organizations that work with infant loss, and so they are out there, but they were either um, not Christian, so they don't mm-hmm. have hope about the afterlife, or they are Christian, but they um, might have been central to one location where it's like, oh, well, I don't live in Ohio, I can't go to your support group. Right. Um, or it was Christian, but didn't have um, a lot of hope that you could still have joy here. Like it was yeah. like, well, you're just going to be marked by this forever. You're never yeah. going to be, hmm. you know, whole again yeah. until you see your child in heaven. And I, and I, that just didn't resonate with me because I think that's not what the Bible teaches. And so, um, so out of that, we founded a ministry called Hope Mommies. And um, the title came from um, a lot of people have interesting ideas about what happens when babies die. Yeah. Um, our culture and Hallmark do not help with that. All Babies right. do not turn into angels. Um, they are not um, a good vibe. They are not a rainbow that you yeah. see in the sky. Um, and so uh, babies are, uh, they're people and they have souls. And um, and so we just felt like I'm not um, an angel mom, which is what a lot of people call us yeah. is um, angel mom. You have an or, angel baby yes. or you're an angel dad or an angel mom. Yeah. and. Just like what? In the no, world? I don't want to yeah. have an angel as yeah. my child. Or, or, or it's a <laughs> right. common thing. It's like you have a rainbow baby, yeah. or there's well, your, rainbow baby is after, after loss. Yeah, there's lots yeah. of terms. There's for moms. all kinds of things yeah. that are just like what in the world? Yeah. Well, so so you saw there is there is a need for this because I, as we know, like the world has so many different ways of dealing with mm-hmm. grief, mm-hmm. And, and the one thing that I heard you say that I think is important is that you are not only trying to find comfort in just how you were feeling but you wanted truth yeah right and and yes. as we've said every week on this uh, yeah. on the podcast is our source for truth is the bible it's, it's yes. god's inspired word right. and as christians we believe that it speaks to yes. how, how to live here and how to deal with right. the suffering and the yeah. pains and the joys that come in yeah. life right, right. Yes. and so um right. with this i think you know 
you guys founded this ministry mm-hmm. in 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 through the Bible in the Bible, mm-hmm. and yeah. so I think this is a good time to to go into the question. Well, then, mm-hmm. what happens to children that die right. prematurely? Right. right. Um. What yeah. What does the Bible have to say to to that? We right. know we're all born into sin. We're yeah. we're we're sinful by nature. Yeah. Um. And the penalty for sin is death. Right. So, right. I think. Mm-hmm. It can be ambiguous. What, what then yeah. does what about, happen? What about these to little child? children? Yeah. yeah. What about because yeah. they've not actively sinned, mm-hmm. right? Because they're not, I guess, conscious and they don't know. They can't discern right from mm-hmm. wrong. Right. They, they haven't even been born yet. Right. Um, which takes us into a whole other thing. Well, then, right. What happens? What, like, right. what is life? Right. You know. So we can yeah. get to that. Right. But but let's just start right off the bat. Like, what yeah. what what happened? What does the Bible say about that? Right. Right. Now this this is really good because like you just brought up, Aaron. Like basically, every podcast we've come back to some of these core foundational right. truths yeah. of the gospel. You know, what is sin? And sin affects everybody. And yeah. how are we saved? We're saved by grace through faith uh, in Christ. And uh, and that not of our own doing and God saved uh, saved us he chose us before the foundation of the world mm-hmm. and uh, we talk often about the sovereignty of God and his uh, his uh, unique specific orchestration and control over the events of all of universe mm-hmm. and so um, those things are still true and um, even in the midst of a great tragedy, right. you know, like uh, infant loss or uh, children dying or you know stillbirth and and all that, and, and so these things are still true. So how do we make sense of it, and For how sure. do we come to the scriptures? And that's that's where the Bible does give us answers, even in the midst of this. And what yeah. um, as we're going to answer the question, but I just want to also. Uh, give our listeners some history in this. This isn't a unique question. Mm -hmm. People have been asking this question for a long time. And interestingly enough, as you search through church history, you see this issue kind of coming up at strategic times and God using the the tragedy and the pain of infant loss Mm -hmm. to give his people a real robust theology and to help uh, and to help bring some great clarity and conviction to um, to how people are saved. Well, the, the, probably the greatest uh, case of this is at the Protestant Reformation. You know, we just celebrated the 500 year anniversary mm-hmm. last fall of when Martin Luther nailed those 95 theses on the door at Wittenberg, and right. that kind of how that started a tidal wave of of a renewed interest and a recovery of of biblical theology. And and in that day, there was a lot of uh, because if you think back, okay, to the 1500s, 1600s, you know, that was the time of the bubonic plague. Yeah, people dying in in you know in, in Ass, whole you know whole towns dying because of these sicknesses and uh, and and the infant mortality rates were just through the roof you know mm-hmm. if you made it uh, out of diapers you know so to speak now they didn't have diapers there but if you if you just made it into young childhood you had it going right you know, you, you were uh, in the minority and uh, children are just dying uh, because of all the uncleanliness and disease and things 
And so that led to, uh, because people weren't grounded in the word, there's lots of superstition and unbiblical beliefs about baptism and salvation. And so um, it's like, well, if a woman's pregnant, we need to sprinkle her belly with water, yeah. you know, so the baby's baptized and mm. therefore we'll go to heaven, which is, mm. you know, we know baptism doesn't save us. You know, right. baptismal regeneration is, uh, is, uh, is unbiblical. And so uh, there was all these things here, but in the pain of that, in the discerning of that, that led to, uh, to uh, a recovery or a coming back to what is the Bible actually say about salvation, yeah. mm-hmm. and so so that's like this isn't a unique thing. This mm. is a this is a very real um, issue in uh, and God in His kindness, God in His sovereignty has used the pain of this to bring people back to the scriptures. And so so let's just let's take the question: What happens to babies who die? Um, and uh, let's just give a brief statement uh, here, and uh, um, and then we'll kind of. Uh, piece it apart and make the make the case from uh, from the scriptures and so uh aaron why don't you just read um you know because of our work in hope mommies we have a clear kind of concise statement on this so mm-hmm. aaron why don't you just read that and then we'll walk through the scriptures sure we believe that for children who are too young to mentally process the revelation of god in christ through scripture Death is not the final word of judgment. At their death, like the death of a believer, they are rushed into the presence of the Lord in joyful fellowship in heaven through the grace of sovereign election and Christ's work on the cross where they too will await a resurrection body. Mm-hmm. And that's from Romans 1, 18 to 20, 2 Samuel 12, 19 to 23. That's right. That's good. If you want to, to read that statement, uh, you can visit the Hope Mommies website, www.hopemommies. It's M-O-M-M-I-E-S dot org. And uh, there's a What We Believe tab, and uh, you'll find the doctrinal statement there um, mm-hmm. if you care to read that specific statement. So the basic answer is what happens when babies die prematurely? Like mm-hmm. in a, uh, in, you know, in just kind of a concise statement, mm-hmm. immediate heaven. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right, and so just if you've submitted this, if you've been wondering what happens, immediate heaven, yeah. and so why can we say that with such like conviction, such mm-hmm. clarity, such yeah. uh, you know, mm-hmm. like why why can we hold on to that, uh, especially in the midst of of such pain? And so um, the question, just going back to the original question that was submitted, you're right, the the the. the the, the question does bring up some great verses that help us make the case. Um, the question uh, references Psalms speak about being conceived in sin. That's Psalm 51, the famous passage of David, which is something that we have to grapple, yeah. grapple with. Um, and, uh, you know, yeah, all man, uh, every human being born to this earth because of Adam's sin as we are born with what he, uh, you know, Ephesians 2 talks about, we are children of wrath. Um, we right. have a sin nature that is inherent to who we are, um, that uh, all of us come into this world um, with, uh, with wicked hearts, with iniquity in us. Um, any parent who sees a living child, it doesn't, they don't have to get very old to where you you see kind of their independent rebellious streak i want it my way mine 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 kind of come out mm-hmm. in 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 our kiddos so we know that that is true but let's let's kind of go back to some other foundational truths like what else does the scripture teach about human life right human that life. life begins at conception right so like that's why we can also have confidence about um early miscarriages um and um unborn or aborted babies that they're in heaven is that uh, they 
they are uh, humans, um, whether or not um, science declares them to be so or not, but life begins at conception and, hmm. um, and that life is eternal and so that these humans have a soul that will exist somewhere yeah yeah psalm 139 verse 13 says for you formed my inward parts you knitted me together in my mother's womb i praise you for i am fearfully and wonderfully made wonderful are your works my soul knows it very well Mm -hmm. and so you're right from the moment of conception Mm -hmm. uh every you know what a doctors or others in the science community would call a fetus it's no it's, it's actually human mm-hmm. life mm-hmm. right and irregardless of parents irregardless of the manner in which the child was conceived mm. you know uh, whether to christian parents or anybody else or if they were conceived mm-hmm. you know through a sinful relationship or yeah. um, or through medical means and implantation or whatever from yeah. the moment of conception mm-hmm. this is There's a human a life that, yeah. that God sovereignly made. Yeah, that He yeah. sovereignly made. That yeah. He fearfully and wonderfully made a soul, an eternally existing soul. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, and that 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 fundamental foundational belief informs all kinds of mm-hmm. then convictions. You know yeah. that we've discussed on other podcasts, and and uh, I'm sure we'll get other questions for down the road. But even that that uh, factors into our understanding of what happens to babies. So right. okay, mm-hmm. it's a human life. We're born in sin, uh, but then what do we know about the gospel right. then? Like, what do we know? How are people saved? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, By grace. Right, yeah. exactly. Through, yeah. through faith, uh, by grace, in, in Christ alone, mm-hmm. for sure. Yeah. And so I think that brings up the question, well, uh, how then does, you know, uh, an unborn child, which is a life, how do they... How do they have faith, right? How do right. they have faith in, in Christ if they don't have the mental capacity to, to process that, mm-hmm. you know? Um, but I think we're, we can confidently say that, that babies um, do go to heaven because, you know, all throughout the Bible, there's, there's so much scripture that talks to, about the difference in, in, in having a sinful nature, like you said, yeah. that sin mm-hmm. entered man through Adam. Mm-hmm. And yeah. so everyone then, therefore, is born sinfully. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. And, you know, like, but really then it's like, what sin are we accountable for? Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. there's a difference between adults who willfully, mm-hmm. yeah. willfully sin. And, you know, and yeah. we, we're all, we're all uh, accountable to that, that sometimes we choose sin and we're actively rebelling against God. Mm-hmm. And that's, that's the kind of sin yeah. that that the Bible speaks to that a child has does not have the capacity of making right. you know in 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 the New Testament I think it's in Matthew where Jesus is saying the people that aren't going to inherit the kingdom of God and he starts he makes that long list yeah. of you know adulterers mm-hmm. uh you know all thieves he goes on liars he goes on with all of these things and if you look at all those that that big list yeah how can uh, obviously an unborn baby but even then uh, a child uh, a a young baby how could they commit those sins if they're not mentally capable if they're not capable you know of of understanding and all that and so um so you're right. That's this comes to it, and and you know the the question even asks like an age of accountability, and that's just an right. unbiblical concept. There mm-hmm. is no like spe- s- sp- 
specific, and I spit that out, a specific <laughs> age. Right. Okay, when somebody is seven, yeah. they mm-hmm. are not, They have now reached the mature age mm-hmm. of Now they're accountable seven. for their sin. Right. Uh, yeah. Or 12 or 13 or yeah. 18 yeah. adulthood. It's not like that. That's Even though that's kind of how our current world works, you know, when you're 18, you're adult. The Bible yeah. doesn't speak in terms mm-hmm. of age mm-hmm. um, that you reach. It really speaks of condition. Yeah. The condition of your heart, uh, the condition of your uh, of your of your intellect, and how you're able to understand these things, and so um, and that's that's different, really, for kind of all children and all human beings. Mm-hmm. As uh, it's not some are earlier than others, but um, right, when right. when they can fully uh, both understand and feel in their, yeah, in their kind heart. of the weight of of sin. Mm-hmm. And and the grace of God and understand uh, o- obedience and commands uh, in a way that is uh, uh, more depth than uh, um, than than just like a kid. Even even though they might be able to parrot it back to you, the right yeah. answers from a young age, just through rote memorization. Mm-hmm. But there is like a condition of our heart, mm-hmm. and so that's where before that we can say that mm-hmm. God in His grace. God in His electing grace uh, brings those kids into the fold, mm-hmm. and uh, uh, because they don't have sin counted against them, that there there are no deeds. You know, this is right. when you go to Revelation twenty in that scene at the great white throne judgment mm-hmm. of uh, where where all the dead are being judged, and what are, what is it? What does it say? Revelation uh, twenty. Verse 12, and he says, And the dead were judged by what was written in the books according to what they had done. And so for babies who've died, infants, stillborn, young children, um, they haven't done anything. Right. They've they've not done any actions. And so what could they be judged on? Right. Well, nothing. Mm -hmm. And so God in his grace, uh, through their innocence, elects them into uh, his uh, saving grace. And and I think there's... Uh, a way to look at it is is because we're all born sinfully there's still the effects of sin and so yeah. that's why we see that babies are still naturally affected by sin we're yeah. still in this tainted world and why that awful tragedy can happen yeah. where yeah. they can't be born yeah. and we see there that they don't uh they're not they don't um what's the word i'm looking for they don't like sin still affects them, yeah. right? Yeah. Like the the real effects of sin in life still affects them. They get yeah. sick. Yeah. They they can pass away. Yeah. But that being said, they can't actively right. sin and rebel against God because they just don't have the mental capacity right. to do that. Right. Yeah. I mean, Romans six says that the the wages of sin is death, and a wage is something that you earn for something right. that you do, and mm-hmm. um, and they have not yet been able to actually do sin in a willfully disobedient "I am against God" way, and not just um, not just infants, but also um, uh, those who might have a handicap or um, who have uh, are on the spectrum or uh, might not just have the mental capacity in order um, to choose from right or wrong. And um, I actually love the story when in Jonah, um, when 
the Lord reproves Jonah for not going to Nineveh. He talks about how he um, he has great compassion and pity on this city in which there are more than 120,000 who do not know their right hand from their left. Um, and should he not have compassion on them? Should he not save them? Hmm. Was his question. And who are the people who don't have um, knowledge of their right hand from their left? Well, it's children and infants and right. people who might not be able to comprehend that. And so, um, and so he is... Um, they they are affected by sin. They do need a savior to save them out of that sin. And God was gracious and merciful, and He provided Jesus. And right. so the same grace right. that covers them <clears throat> covers us as well. Yeah. And uh, even though we are aware of our sin, um, yeah, it's good. There's two Old Testament stories. Just as we're uh, you know kind of walking through this, we've kind of made the theological case for it. Um, but we see this playing out in two Old Testament stories. Yeah. One is uh, of King David in 2 Samuel 12. Right. Um, after David's sin with Bathsheba, uh, Bathsheba is pregnant and uh, and the child dies. And so you get this in, uh, uh, in, in 2 Samuel 12, like David is fasting, he's mourning while the child is sick, and, uh, and, and uh, he's refusing to eat. Um, and then the child uh, dies. Verse 18 says, On the seventh day the child died, and the servants of David were afraid to tell him that the child was dead. For they said, Behold, while the child was yet alive, we spoke to him, and he didn't listen to us. How then can we say to him, The child is dead? He may do himself some harm. But when David saw that his servants were whispering together, David understood that the child was dead. You know, he, <laughs> yeah. he, he gets the picture pretty, pretty, pretty quickly, you know. And David said to the servants, is the child dead? They said, he is dead. And then David arose from the earth and washed and anointed himself and changed his clothes. And he went into the house of the Lord and worshiped. Uh, yeah, that's, in- that's interesting. Like, wait a minute, what's yeah. going on here? And so, rightfully so, the the servants are perplexed. Verse twenty one says, "Then his servant said to him, What is this thing that you've done? You fasted and wept for the child when he was alive, but when the child died, you arose and ate food.' And David said, "While the child was still alive, I fasted and wept, for I said, Who knows whether the Lord will be gracious to me that the child may live?" And so he's pleading with the Lord. You see, while the child is sick, right. he's alive. He's pleading with the Lord, and. Uh, and verse 23, but now he's dead. Why should I fast? Can I bring him back again? Obviously not. He says, I shall go to him, mm-hmm. but he shall not return to me. Mm-hmm. And so just a, an understanding here of God's grace to yeah. him, and that has now affected. Like he can he can uh, pick himself up. He can walk in confidence. He knows that, okay, I know where my child is, and I can go to him. Right. Mm-hmm. And so you see the hope that, that David has. That he's going to see him again. again. That he's going to yeah. see him again. Mm-hmm. There's another very interesting uh, story in 1 Kings 14 also. David was a good king, even though this child was uh, uh, conceived through sinful action and adultery. But you see in 1 Kings 14, uh, Jeroboam, who was a wicked king, mm-hmm. wicked beyond uh, th- <laughs> than beyond many of the kings of, uh, of, of both Israel and Judah in those days. And so God pronounces a curse, 1 Kings 14, on the people that, that people are going to die really in mass they're, they're, that God is going to wipe out uh, a, a ton of them and so he tells this There's, I'm not, I'm not going to read the whole story just going to for the sake of time here um, but he, he tells uh, King Jeroboam First uh, Kings 14 verse 12 arise therefore go to your house and when your feet enter the city the child shall die this is Jeroboam's firstborn his, it's, his, it's his child and all Israel shall mourn for him and bury him 
For he only of Jeroboam shall come to the grave, because in him there is found something pleasing to the Lord, the God of Israel, in the house of Jeroboam. Hmm. You're like, that's just a, that phrase, there's found something pleasing. This small little child. Right. That God is exacting uh, just punishment upon a wicked and rebellious people. But here you see God's mercy upon an innocent child. Yes, he's still going to face the consequence of the sin, and he's going to die. But because of God's uh, electing grace and mercy upon this kid, there's something pleasing in him. Like what, though? He hasn't done anything. Uh, uh, but God is going to bring him in. And so so these are these are just two stories that illustrate the, 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 the theology here. Um, but, uh, but also, just like we see this through Scripture, right. Scripture. The scripture is not silent about what happens yeah. to children, babies, infants, right. stillborn, um, miscarriages that uh, uh, that that die. Yeah, and and at the end we can we can give some resources uh, as far as lists of where we can go to see this. But yeah, all through the Old Testament, you know, we see uh, in Ezekiel where where God describes even the children of pagan families as yeah. my children mm-hmm. you know yeah. we see in, in Deuteronomy that he describes children as having no knowledge of good and good and evil mm-hmm. yeah. um, and even in in Jeremiah where where there's these uh, pagan families who are murdering children and he he says mm-hmm. that these ch- children are innocent yeah. Yeah. and you know and so we see God pronouncing yeah. uh, moral judgments yeah. to these children that you yeah. know God doesn't use innocent and good yeah. lightly, right. um, right. and he right. says that these children are right. good and innocent and having mm-hmm. um, no knowledge of good and evil. Right, yeah. regardless of who their parents were. Right, yeah. right. right. It's not as though like only Christian whose children die, right. God extends his grace and mercy to. Right. Yeah. Um, and I, I just love that. I think mm-hmm. of like uh, children in other, you know, in the tribals, uh, communities yeah, of, of the sure. jungles mm-hmm. or whatever, or of the false religions of the world that, mm-hmm. um, that even they will be mm-hmm. uh, uh, the children that die of, of, of those families will be populating the yeah. choirs of heaven. That's right. I think that when we understand that God himself, part of his very nature is that he is a savior, um, and that uh, just to consider that one of the we'll talk about this and share resources at the end, but um, one of my favorites is uh, by John MacArthur, and, um, and so in his book, Safe in the Arms of God, he talks about that the very nature of God is that God is our savior, that he is a savior. Um, and we know him as a savior who has gone after us with a very willful, disobedient, rebellious spirit. And so um, if he is a savior who goes after willfully disobedient children, then how much more would he save those who have not done anything against right. him yet? So right. they might have a sinful nature by the mere fact that they are born in a broken world mm-hmm. um, or conceived in a broken world, but he is um, actively saving them um, before they even have um, actions against him and willful disobedience, and right. um, I love that about the Lord. That's right. Right. That's yeah. Right. It's it's in his character to to save, yeah. like you're saying, and we don't. And one of the interesting things, like I said, even in that story that you talked about with with David and his son, you see the effects of sin still. Mm-hmm. You know, and because like like Aaron, you mm-hmm. said, we're born into this broken world, and obviously because mm-hmm. of Adam, uh, we're all born sinfully and into that sinful nature uh, we experience 
the the real effects and even mm-hmm. uh, being born out of an adulterous relationship or some sort of sinful act mm-hmm. like there is still that real consequence and effect of sin mm-hmm. but that being said these these children that are not being born or even are being born and, and die um they're a punishment right they're they they don't get that second death of, right. of which is because of their sin right you know they do experience that first death which right. is physical death. yeah which yeah. is because of we're in this tainted uh world by sin the original sin they don't experience that second death that is like you were saying the wage of of mm. willfully uh acting in rebellion towards god mm-hmm. right yeah right as a side note, but interesting on, on thinking about David and King David is that with his infant son, um, he mourned for him and um, and pleaded and uh, for him. But his mourning also turned to worship. And when he said, "I will," um, he will not return to me, but I will go to him. And so he had confidence about where that baby was and where the life right. was. And yet, then um, farther down, when his son Absalom uh, rebels against him, and then um, you know has a coup to take the kingdom over um, and then Absalom his son dies David is just wrecked with grief mm-hmm. because he knows the state of Absalom and that right. he was against the Lord and and just the the dichotomy between his grief of a hope-filled grief and then a, um, a sad grief knowing that his adult son um, was not in the presence of the Lord um, so. right right yeah you see that and that's a that's part of God's grace and mercy really to children who die you know as much as we love life here on earth and it is full of joy and growing in christ um it is not our ultimate hope it is not the final answer it is not our final destination as believers and uh, what a reception we will have uh, when we get to heaven not not a reception for us i'm not let me maybe rephrase that like it's not like we're going to show up in heaven and everyone's going to applaud us like hey woo! no uh what a reception into uh the choirs of heaven worshiping christ and to be able to do that for eternity uh with our kids like yeah. isn't that such a cool thought so well well aaron and blair both of you thanks thanks for being here and thanks for sharing your story and just giving even you know people that feeling that they're not alone and and that this is something that is more common than we know right is very it's it's it happens uh, super often right um so before we finish why don't we just give a a couple of resources that people can go to maybe you know some hope mommy's resources Mm -hmm. um yeah 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 there are lots of resources out there and uh, that's as aaron said up top that they're uh what do we need in grief not just like grieving uh the death of a child but Mm -hmm. in any sort of grief and through life and life's trials is we need the truth and we need community and praise yeah. God that he's given both of those uh, through yeah. the through the church right. and so um, uh, and when the church is about biblical truth and about biblical community then even like organizations like Hope Mommies uh, wouldn't really even need to exist right. uh, because we find those things and God has given and the church to provide those things and yet um, we know that 
there's some places without, um, you know, biblical churches and things. And so we would love to, um, if this is something that you've walked through or you have a friend walking through this, um, Hope Mommies has oodles of resources on their website. Yeah. Um, Nancy Guthrie has written some great books on hope and uh, and how to help those walking through grief. Um, we, we referenced the book Safe in the Arms of God by John MacArthur. Um, it's a fantastic, uh, concise, but compassionate and full of biblical conviction. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's a small little book, for, both for you to read or to mm-hmm. give to others. Um, and uh, mm-hmm. um, that, that, those are really the best of the best. There's lots out there. And Randy um, Alcorn's book on heaven. Yeah, Randy Alcorn's book on heaven Every is, person should have that. is, yeah, whether you've experienced uh, death or not, if you're a human and mm-hmm. uh, you're a Christian and you long for heaven, uh, that is, uh, is a great book. Or even book. if you don't, so. <laughs> it will make you long for that's heaven. That's right, that's right. Yeah, if you're an unbeliever listening to this, just read that and let it point you to the Christ and the scriptures and, uh, and it will... Um, it'll be hopeful for you. As we close, I want to read this final quote. This is from Safe in the Arms of God. It says this, I cannot help but conclude that our Lord graciously and freely receives all those who die in infancy, not on the basis of their innocence or their worthiness, but by His grace, made theirs through the atonement He purchased on the cross. These little ones experience salvation grounded in absolute sovereignty and comprehensive grace. Yes, children are sinners by nature. Babies are not without a sin nature. They are, however, without sin deeds. Yes, children are in need of a Savior. Yes, God has provided a Savior for them, Jesus Christ. Yes, all children who die before they reach a state of moral awareness and culpability in which they understand their sin and corruption so that their sins are deliberate are graciously saved eternally by God through the work of Jesus Christ. They are counted as elect by sovereign choice because they are innocent of willful sin, rebellion, and unbelief by which works they would be justly condemned to eternal punishment. Well, thanks for tuning in to Consider It, a ministry of Redemption Bible Church here in New Braunfels, Texas, where we are taking on questions regarding life, theology, and the church. If you'd like to submit a question, text the word redemption and your question to 474747. To learn more about our church, visit us at redemption.bible. We thank you for your support and listening, and we hope that you'll join us next week as we consider it.